Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Luke, and welcome to Terra Nutra's new podcast series. Where we're going to be discussing all things sustainability and carbon footprint. Hi, it's Luke from Terra Nutra here. I'm joined by my colleague Charlotte. Uh, This is the first episode in our new series of podcasts, and we are going to be doing a kind of meet the team segment where uh, we tell you, the audience, a little bit about ourselves, uh, where we come from, why we started in Terra Nutra, uh, what motivates us about sustainability and carbon emissions uh, and things like that. So without further ado, uh, Charlotte, would you like to go first? Yes, although uh, I was going to just add in the fi- the ridiculous irony that we are a team of three at the moment and um, I'm, and John couldn't make it, so we're actually two on the whole Meet the Team podcast. But that is that is a good uh, point. I should have yeah that that sorry John not not <laughs> gone not here but not forgotten is is how we should have done that yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so me, I'm Charlotte. I. Um, uh, well, I don't know. I, I was born in Kent, um, grew up mostly there and um, pursued a career in the media. Spent over 20 years working in media and technology and digital s- stuff. Um, and and actually, um, I mean, you know, grew up kind of recycling and all of that, but um, was not particularly um, focused on eco stuff until I took redundancy in 2017 and um, it was the kind of same time as my teenagers were starting to talk about stuff they were learning at school. They actually learned the sustainability um, global goals at, um, at school and they were talking about that and um, stuff around them. And I had time at home to just realise how much plastic there was. And um, David Attenborough kind of triggered us all to actually start looking at how much plastic there was in the house. and. Uh, that was really the start of my sustainability journey. How about you, Luke? So I was born in the Midlands, um, which is a bit non-descriptive, um, or was brought up in the Midlands instead of Northamptonshire, Leicestershire. Um, but I've lived in London for over 20 years now. So um, I think that probably makes me a Londoner. Um, I live in Hackney. I have two small children, one five, one nearly three, which keeps me uh, honest. Um, I have had had a similar career to yours, um, and I know that because you just told us, but also that's how we met, because we both used to work for Channel 4 about 15, 15, 20 years ago, 20 years ago. I am a child of the 70s, and so I was brought up to be very... Con- conservationally minded if that if that makes sense but uh being you know being um careful with what you had so whether that was um food or energy or, or clothes or money it was very much a philosophy of of not wasting um and i think the 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 most uh, sort of amazing example of that uh, who is still with us is my aunt who has a I don't know if she still has it but had a drawer in her kitchen full of offcuts of tin foil uh you know I have that drawer Luke oh you do okay well then you 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 and my do you and my aunt know each other she lives in Sussex so like you could be you could be neighbors um but I think that really rubbed off on me um because it you know I 
turn lights off and I share bath water and I put an extra jumper on if it's cold. And that's uh, that's something that that I I've always done from an early age. But I think um, as a lot as as has happened to a lot of us is that a lot of that has gone by the way, wayside as we've grown older um, and we are kind of now coming full circle and coming back to it and realising that those were very good lessons to be taught and um, that that we need to kind of pay them heed. I think, for, obviously, for you, you mentioned plastics. I think for me it was air travel. So I uh, spent a lot of my time uh, in my previous career flying all over the world, racking up the most enormous personal carbon footprint. So air travel obviously isn't the only thing that contributes to your carbon footprint, but it is a very significant contributor. And mine is uh, is pretty awful. I think it's about um, 313,000 miles, which just is a, is a very big number. So I've got a very big residual carbon footprint that I need to pay down over the next few uh, months um, and years, but that's fine. I'm 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 kind of up for the up for the challenge. So um, I think for me there was that sort of personal aspect of being aware that my carbon footprint had a above average negative impact on the planet and wanting to do something about it. But also, you know, having children, you you want to bequeath them. Uh, a a planet that is healthy and happy and that's going to support them and everything else that lives in it. Um, mine are mine are younger than yours, but yours are probably a little bit more um, on point with their opinions and views on this than than mine are. Yeah, yeah, they definitely. Yeah, I mean, I said earlier that they were kind of part of the trigger, and and you, you're kind of very much aware that you've got to role model and. Um, and yeah, so and it was kind of cyclical thing, but definitely um, start. I mean, you know, one of them requested to go on the climate march, and when I said, Are "You sure you just don't want Fridays off school?" and actually, I I kind of went along to the climate march, and uh, I kind of did that thing of being like, you know, being a mum, being there, but pretending not to be there, so kind of hanging back. And actually, it was really brilliant, and I learned loads, and um, it was a really lovely atmosphere. So bit scary when they overtook a bus in parliament square but anyway let's not dwell on that um loads of brilliant signs and stuff um and yeah and now you know i would say that they they're really aware they buy clothes on depop they cycle to school they you know they do their best and um uh you know, but, but like all like all of us, they're, they're not brilliant. They still want new phones and um, you know long haul flights, and um, so that's always an active conversation. Um, so yeah, we're just trying our best to kind of guide them in the right way. What about you? Yeah, so I was um, I, I I was really struck by what you said when you know the that your children are being taught about the the sustainable development girls in school. And I was thinking. What is the closest thing to that that I was taught at, at school? I'm really struggling to think of of anything that kind of had that um, focus, if you like, on you know things that will make the world a better place. Like that's just not th- those weren't things that I was that I was taught at school. I mean, what was that? That was the the, the 80s, I want to say, yeah. Um, yeah. and. 
and so it was in the news and it was in the papers and um and it was on um i think john mentioned it was on blue peter which of course we all remember very well um but i don't i don't remember it, the environment being like a topic when i was at school um you know geography taught you about um glaciers and oxbow lakes and things like that um but we didn't have uh, there wasn't a subject that touched on, you know, that touched on the environment. I suppose, you know, geography and biology were, were probably the close, but they were very, you know, very um, much focused, I think, on on sort of more more granular things, should we say, like how to dissect a um, a cricket, which is not a, a nice thing for the cricket or um, or for for you, for me. Um, so yeah, I I I feel like that. I I think that the 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 generations below us are coming into the world with a much greater appreciation for these these topics and and these subjects which is great but also probably a much better understanding of how interconnected it all is i know that when you and i talked um in the early days when when we we started turning which was just sort of about a year ago now we were both quite um overwhelmed by uh effectively by how everything that we do has some sort of carbon emissions impact by kind of how fully carbonized our life was yeah. and trying to make sense of that i i found that quite overwhelming i think they're better prepared and probably better able to kind of deal with that um maybe than we are no oh, i don't i don't know i think sometimes they do find it a bit overwhelming and a bit kind of like it's it's too late and stuff. Um, just, I mean, just like we do, we've got to, you know, we've got to, um, I mean, we're going to talk about that another time, but our kind of stubborn optimism, we've got to yeah. keep trying and make sure that we, we don't get overwhelmed and keep being positive. Since, um, since joining Terra Neutra or, or, or even sort of, you know, going back out there, what, what are the, give us a favour of some of the things that you've done to change your the way that you live, um, which has been very much driven by your awareness of your impact on the environment. Yeah, well, as I said, it started with plastics, and and uh, I kind of joined these groups on Facebook, various places, and and just learn. And they, you talk about swaps all the time, so you know where you swap a kind of shampoo bottle for a refilled shampoo bottle or a, or a um, shampoo soap bar, and and and. And it really is a journey. Like you can start, you can start in the bathroom and and do your shampoo and conditioner, and then um, start, you know, and then go to the kitchen and do a vegetable box. And which actually, I've, I've always done a vegetable box because I I wanted kind of fresh fruit delivered to the house while I was busy working. And but actually, you know, that is a brilliant thing because it's packaging free. It's organic so you're helping biodiversity it's local so you haven't got many food miles it's seasonal you know it's there's just so many brilliant things um about that and um you know swapped our plastic milk bottles to milk and more although actually now my kids all drink oat milk because they they prefer it and actually the carbon footprint of an oat milk is way 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 better than a a milk bottle from a cow so yeah. so yeah so that so it was kind of a bit of a journey and then I just learned loads more just about kind of the wider world and 
um, at how how all of these things are interconnected. Just like we're talking about the Riverford box, just how many touch points that has in terms of sustainability. Yeah, I think um, so. For me, obviously, flying a lot less would definitely be something that I've done, and that was pre-COVID. Otherwise, that's a bit of a of a cheat, I would say. Um, yeah. I think my I so there was a uh, a really amazing. Um, uh, what what would you call it? Like challenge or, or movement or um, uh, campaign? Uh, camp. Thank you, campaign. I just couldn't get campaign out. Um, <laughs> called Fashion Our Future earlier this year, which which you and I were um, were, were sort of supporting of and kind of aware of, and and part of that was all about understanding the impact of the fashion industry, clothing industry, wow. on the environment. Um, yeah. And it's and it's not great. And so. Um, you know, you mentioned things like Depop, like reselling, recycling. So I made a commitment not to buy any new clothes for 12 months, which um, I've got to be honest, has not been a massive hardship for me. Um, I, but I take that pleasure at the same time as you. And it's been quite hard for me. I've had to do like a massive learning curve of kind of, you know, thinking about it, thinking how my urges to buy new clothes are so influenced by... You know, but but this is, but this is the thing. They're like if you, that they, they are. It's one hundred percent what you are, um, what is presented to you as what you need in order to be a sort of fulfilled and insert adjective here uh, person. Um, whereas actually, it's like, you know, do you have enough pairs of jeans that you don't have to wear the same one? you know, every day. Yes. Okay. You're good. Um, I know it's not quite that simple, but it's not a million miles away from that. Um, I'm really happily, I mean, it helps not, not having to go into an office these days and kind of look vaguely presentable, but I, I am really enjoying wearing, um, three pairs of old jeans, all of which have gone in the knee. And that was not some trend statement that was just, you know, through, through wear and tear. Um, so that's so I, yeah that that hasn't that hasn't been a um a hardship at all. I think um I think what's really interesting about some of the things that that we have done and that people can do to live more sustainably is that they actually end up costing you less money. And I I think there's a there's a misconception that um, living sustainably actually ends up being more expensive because you know like you're buying organic food or you're buying oat milk or and and the answer is well yeah on on some items but in the round you end up you end up actually saving money like energy if you get you know green energy tariffs at the moment are better value than fossil fuel energy tariffs so it's kind of like it's why wouldn't you yeah and i always just say to somebody who's like struggling with money i say just the upside is that you have a much more smaller carbon footprint than you otherwise have um so I think that is, uh, I think that's us coming up to the end of, of this first episode. Um, we are going to be back very soon with episode number two, where we will be talking about Charlotte. Our missions and values. Our mission or our values, because we're doing one on mission and one on values. Brilliant. Um, and spoiler alert, we probably won't be joined by John for either of them. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Um, and um, yeah, hopefully we will see you soon all right take care bye